Sean, we've had like a crazy productive week here at Podcast Chef working on upgrading our production quality, updating all sorts of things to make us look even more professional. So can you share with us uh, some of the big updates and, and discoveries you made over the course of this week? Will do. And you're right. We've been busy. So we were trying to figure out what we could do to gain more traction for our clients, right? A big part of our value prop has been leverage the podcast is a great way to open a door, get past a gatekeeper, start building a relationship. And it works for that very effectively. But more recently, we've been figuring out how we can help grow our clients' shows more aggressively than we have before, which had just been waiting for the show to gain traction, find its audience, right? And eventually a podcast will just grow. But um, with the popularity growing significantly in the whole world of digital shorts, we have done some experimenting that has produced some pretty exciting results, namely, you know, digital shorts and videos that are coming from the longer recorded episodes that we are creating on our side, you know, to the extent of probably like at least one a day, those are starting to gain some serious traction on platforms like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. They're all really prioritizing this short form video content. And even I can't believe just how much traction a lot of this content is getting. So that's what we're finding out so far. How is uh, how have we, uh, you know, the big big changes that we've made along the way in terms of production value and the stuff that we're working on? Um, what have what have you been discoveries there? Because I know we've been back and forth all week on like, oh, check this out, this is so cool, or oh, let's get this working right. What are the what are the big things you've picked up? Definitely, uh, it's been flipping back to the world of understanding portrait orientation versus landscape has been one adjustment for sure. Whereas everything for the most part has been recorded in landscape for quite a while now. Now everything, because it's how people are holding and viewing content on their phones goes back to that portrait orientation. So figuring out how to, instead of kind of lengthwise, go vertically stacking your content, so to speak, and figuring out how to put the most valuable stuff, you know, right front and center in front of your listener or the person that you want to consume that content. That's been super interesting, you know, getting the video elements right, getting the lighting elements right figuring out how to use a green screen, upgrading your stereo equipment, all these types of things that can make the whole experience that much better has been super interesting to figure out. And it's a whole world, you can get lost in it quickly. You know, we talk about folks can get started quickly and easily, and that's true. But when you're ready to really dive deep into it, it does start to make a pretty big difference when you start upgrading your equipment and your setup, but it is a experience to say the least. <laughs> so where's the trade-off, right? Because we talked about, we, you know, and I've said it on, on, on numerous episodes and with folks like just get started. Uh, at what point um, does just get started, not cover it anymore. And then you have to start upgrading. Like when should you well, start with that? Great question. I'd say it depends on your personality and whether or not you've gotten into a rhythm or a routine with recording podcasts yet or not. That's the most important first step. The personality element is kind of whether or not you yourself might be more of a technophile like you and I both are. We love geeking out with the latest in toys and gadgets and stuff like that. So for us, it's almost more interesting personally as well too, to figure some of these things out, but not everybody might find themselves in that camp. So if you don't, and I'll speak to that audience as well too, What's most important is that you get into a rhythm and a routine with recording podcast episodes. That matters the most when you're coming right out of the gate, because we want you to get into a habit where you're comfortable recording great content and doing so on a consistent basis. Before you get to that, I would not recommend you dive deep into this world of like equipment and green screens and all that kind of stuff, because it can be distracting. And like I just said, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, right? You can go round and round with that stuff and 
be perfecting it forever, right? Because it becomes like your art form. More important than all of that is recording consistently, producing great podcast episodes, meeting new people, building those relationships. So that's primary. But once you've got that handled, which we very much do, then it's okay to start taking a look at, okay, I'm really into this, right? Better evaluate what your experience has been like. Are you enjoying it? Is it for you? If all those things check out, now you can start taking a closer look at, maybe I want to upgrade my setup a little bit. Maybe I want my audio quality to be a little bit better. And that probably between you and I is where we point people first. So you might look at getting like a studio type microphone, which again, that doesn't need to be super complicated either. There's a bunch of different versions. I recently bought a new one, which is probably the cheapest version essentially of like the Yeti lineup, which doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but it's still a significant upgrade from how I was recording before. So that's my best advice. It's like first get into a routine with recording the episodes. And then once you know that's for you, then you start to take a look at, all right, where's the best place for me to upgrade if that's something you want to consider. Uh, is there a too much? How much is too much? Um, you know, we don't have like John Williams scoring a soundtrack for our podcast episodes, which, uh, which would, would clearly be absurd, but, but awesome. I might add, um, how, <laughs> how, how much is too much? And when do you know, um, that you should ratchet it back? If you're getting trouble with your partner because you keep maxing out your credit cards because you keep buying and upgrading new equipment, that is way too far. (laughs) (laughs) If you're starting to pad the walls of your living room with styrofoam and sound deadening material, turning your entire home into a podcasting studio, also too far, right? Again, the whole part of what we try to share with people at Podcast Chef is like, don't set yourself out to become the next Joe Rogan as in like hundred million dollar person, giant personality recording, you know, episodes with all these ridiculously famous people. That's more like the lottery approach to podcasting. What you can do is you can get specialized into your niche and you could become the Joe Rogan of something much more specific. And that's what matters most. In a podcast chef, we tell people to do that built around the value proposition for your business, the customers that you help and what you help them with. So that's what matters more than anything. But in terms of going too far with your setup, right? It's about if the equipment and your setup starts to detract from your ability to meet new people, have these experiences, which is the whole point of you getting invested in this process from the beginning, then you're definitely going too far with it, right? I'm wearing a pair of headphones right now, which I love, Bose noise canceling, but I've had them for at least five years. Could these be upgraded? Absolutely. Do they work well enough for me right now? A hundred percent. So I don't have a need there, right? These still work great for me. The only reason I got a new microphone is because I had one and I didn't anymore because I was traveling for a while. But when I went to go look at microphones, you know, they go all the way up. You could spend hundreds, thousands, get the, you know, one with all the bells and whistles, so on and so forth. Again, I mentioned that I think Yeti has three models now. I got the Nano, which is the smaller one uh, with the smaller set of features. And it still works pretty great. I mean, you tell me, right? If you're listening to this episode, you tell me how the audio quality sounds. I could have spent a lot more. I could have got one with a lot more features, but I didn't need that, right? What was important is to get kind of what works for me for now and then get back to recording the content, right? The primary focus should always be the content, not the equipment, right? Because I've seen people get lost in setting all the stuff up. And then it what you don't realize when you're working on getting all these pieces of equipment and trying to build your own studio is, all the extra management that's going to be involved in that as well, too. Like you've been, Brian, you're really good at this. You've been helping me figure out kind of the green screen that I got this week. And just that alone has been relatively frustrating, like trying to get that to work well, where like, you know, Zoom supports virtual backgrounds, right? And I've leveraged those 
to the extent where they work pretty well, you know, for the most part, there's certain things that get a little quirky and they might not work perfectly, but then I incorporated the green screen and I thought it was just going to be immediately way better. But then I'm down into this world of getting, you know, video editing software. Then I'm figuring out chroma key. Then I'm figuring out color settings Then I'm figuring out lighting. And like, before you know it, it compounds quickly and I'm not recording any content when I'm doing that stuff. So I'm spending hours and hours of time trying to fix, you know, make everything look perfect when realistically, I probably had it good enough originally. And with that time, I could have recorded a bunch of great content instead of trying to figure out how to become this like video audio recording expert. Uh, So it takes away from the mission a little bit. So I would say, if it starts to take away from your mission, pull back and just get back to recording great content. Great segue. You know, how, um, you you know, in an interview style format with a podcast um, and with the balancing the production sort of quality and the needs there, what um, what are some guidance uh, points of points of guidance that you have on the content itself um, when it comes to like great content? What does that really mean to me? Who spends a lot of world uh, spends a lot of time in the product world? You know, my big focus, and I love products. That's another reason why I love geeking out about the gadgets and whatnot. But the perspective that's most interesting to me is the problems that they solve, right? And who they solve those problems for and understanding that story element. So to me, that's how I think about creating great content. And I think about it in that way from the perspective of my listener, right? So um, I've got a number of podcasts. We're talking about hours here where we're talking with folks and figuring out how to blast past gatekeepers and create a bunch of great content and all that kind of stuff. And what matters most to them is what should also matter the most to us. So. I try to think about it from different from their perspective in terms of what question would they have that I would love to answer and try to put myself in a position where I was relative to kind of where they are now to make sure that the story that's ultimately going to get told is interesting and valuable for them. So from the perspective of our show, right, that might be sales, sales uh, strategy, business development tactics, things like that, things that work well, right? How to leverage a podcast to start building a relationship if you sell like B2B high ticket services or products or whatever that might be keep it focused around that and in particular keep it focused around the problems and challenges that people that are doing that kind of work are experiencing so if you're meeting with someone who's got a lot of expertise in that area undoubtedly throughout the course of their career they've experienced some of these problems and challenges plenty of them they fixed plenty of them they probably still have and are currently trying to fix any of that is great content so if you do discovery in that area chances are other people like that are going to have the same questions So the information that you get out of that expert who has solved some of those problems, that can help someone who's currently trying to solve that problem. And then talking through solutions to new problems is also probably cathartic for other folks who are trying to do the same thing. I can tell you um, some of the things that worked for me in that in that process. Um, and you you learn this, I think, as you go. It's not something that that you're even going to find if you look it up. But one of the things that you start doing when you start doing video, and I started this uh, decade plus ago, um, putting video out for for my small business and all that kind of stuff, is in the beginning you you come at video from a fifty thousand foot view, uh, and you're producing content that is essentially um, trying to prove your prowess and expertise um, at a strategic level. Uh, typically, like, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I'm good at this, that kind of thing. Um, what's really interesting, though, is where you build traction with content is a lot of it's in the how-to space. You start with the ultra low level, like, how do I change this one setting? Or how do I um, get in front of this one person? Or what do I do 
uh, you, you'll see like folks, uh, the YouTube channels that blow up quick and easy are the ones that are like, how do I replace the brakes on my car? Now, obviously that doesn't help with B2B sales, but in the context of, of what we're doing, there's different sort of stratifications of content. If you can make your content focused on that how-to or solving those ultra-specific problems, to your point, um, and then pepper in the strategy along the way, you'll get sort of double duty out of your content. You'll get that thought leadership and you'll get the traction that comes with it. So um, I think that, I mean, that's certainly been my experience. I don't know. Uh, I remember uh, a little bit earlier this week, you would shared a TikTok video with me that was like 50 seconds and it solved a problem for you. Um, and so you could really sense that engagement, it, you know, with, with what you're doing here now, you know, developing the, the shorts and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> what kind of shorts are you consuming and what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I was thinking of that example myself as well, too. That specific one was, uh, interestingly enough, right, on this topic, I was trying to figure out how to leverage OBS, the recording software, to be able to set it up so that I could create the proper portrait style orientation video format for platforms like YouTube and TikTok. And I found one that, like you said, was 50 seconds long, plus the video element, right? They were doing screen sharing to like walk me through it. And it was amazing how quickly I could get exactly the content that I needed that previously might've been a 10 minute video or a long blog article where I'm fumbling around trying to figure it out. I could very quickly and easily, like literally under a minute, figure out how to get my problem solved. I think that's really the power of the shorts. And it's really interesting to see how that is kind of playing out from here. So to your point, that's what I've been trying to do more and more is figure out like one specific topic, keep it bite-sized, talk very, very specifically about one particular problem like that one, right? How do I set up my recording software so I can record content for YouTube shorts or TikTok, right? And then just walk through a couple of the steps, make it relatively quick, and then ship that out there, get that to folks and figure out who's connecting with it. Right. And the content that we're recording right now, this is a little bit longer form. And that's right for the folks who want to listen to a conversation like this where we're diving into a bunch of topics. Right. So if we keep it theme oriented and folks want to know more about that, they'll stay tuned into the, the majority of the show, ideally. But for those that might only want to know one portion of the show or how to solve a very specific problem, they're probably not going to want to listen to something that might be tens or tens of minutes long or an hour long or something like that. They want that specific content because they need that pain solved relatively quickly. So I think what starting to see and what we're planning to do a little bit more at Podcast Chef is for both ourselves and our client, we're always experimenting with what works so we can figure out what's provided to our clients in order for them to get the best kind of growth is we, you know, continue to record the podcast episode, which is an excellent source of a ton of great organic content in both audio and video format, and then chop that up into a bunch of shorts and share that out with the world have the shorts point essentially to the longer form video and have the longer form video ultimately point to our clients' websites and like see if folks want to follow those breadcrumbs all the way home. And for the right person who wants to consume more and more of that content, that's probably what they're going to wind up doing. And that's also what I've seen myself doing personally, because I know you asked that as well too, is I'll go looking for a solution to a specific problem, or I'll look for something of entertainment value, maybe like stand-up comedy or something like that. And then I'll look to continually consume that content if it's something that might solve a problem for me, so it isn't personal like that, if it's more business oriented, I'll look back to that same author for more solutions to similar problems I have. Like when I figured out how to record the content, then I went into editing it and I broke it again. Like it, it, the format got messed up as I was trying to upload it. So I went back to the same author, 
they had another video to solve that problem. I consume that content as well too. And now, you know, that person's top of mind for me. So when I want to go back and I've shared it with you, so now I'm generating some virality from it. Um, the whole thing is, is, is really interesting, the science to it in terms of like how it starts to gain traction in that way. And it, you know, generates its virality and it generates like a great amount of shareability too. So, and it's interesting because I think it has to, that kind of concept has to inform your behavior as a host. Um, when you're hosting a show now, um, it isn't about the softball questions because when you're looking for that how-to content, when you're looking for that ultra specific, um, you know, how do I change the brake pads on my, you know, 98 Honda CRV or whatever, like nobody, you know, the difference is you're searching for a 98 CRV, not a 99 CRV. Right. And so like that difference becomes super specific. And that means as a host of a podcast or a host of a video show or what have you, you have to then start asking questions that make people uh, may, may make your, your participants slightly less comfortable. Um, I can think of a recent episode that I had recorded where I asked the, you know, asked the person I was talking to an ultra specific question. Like, so how does that turn into money? And they went, well, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think it's important to bring kind of all these concepts together in a way that's going to make everybody, um, uh, make your content more consumable for sure. Uh, and really showcase your, the talents and skills of the folks that you have on, on your shows. So, um, I wanted to thank you for your, your time here, uh, today. We're getting close to wrapping this episode. I know we both have a hard stop coming up. Um, but, uh, do you have any parting thoughts for us? No, I think this was, was great content. Uh, again, thanks for the conversation. I think, you know, if I were to leave anybody with a message, it's really just not to overthink it is you can get as lost in this world as you want to, but I like to start quick and dirty, right? Start testing some stuff, get it out there, like get a feel for it, develop yourself into somewhat of a routine or a rhythm and figure out whether or not it's for you. Right? You can get started with podcasting with very little, and there's a lot of great free resources out there. Many of them are available at podcastchef.com. We've got guides to walk you through this whole thing, right? Without spending a dime, it's really just time so that you can learn and figure out how to leverage a podcast for you, right? But it's a great way to start building relationships with people in your target market. It's a great way to do some of this discovery research. And all you really need to do if you're already doing video calls with on platforms like Zoom is just press record, and like follow kind of our cadence here. And from there, right, the sky's the limit, right? And you can learn everything about everything if you really want to, but don't overthink it in the beginning. And if you need any help, reach out to us. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck. 
uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.